Why do bad things happen to good people? That is a question that has been asked for so many years. The very first question was presented when Moses asked God Almighty, why are you punishing our people, this nation? So the question, why, is a valid question. It's not just a valid question. It's encouraged to ask why. Moses is the only human being who saw God face to face. He had the audacity, the courage to look up to God and say, why? Lama, why? Why are you punishing this nation? Why are they suffering like this? I just spent 10 very, very painful, difficult days. Perhaps one of my most difficult days of my life. In a very difficult situation. And this just happened within the last 10 days. And I too, during these 10 days, asked God, why? Why me? Why do I have to suffer like this? So the question of why is a valid question. Now, what is the answer? What is the answer? Why do good things happen? To bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? It's a double-edged question. Sometimes it really bothers us that it appears that bad people, good things are happening to them. And yet we see a lot of great, amazing people and bad things happen to them. Why? How do we reconcile this? How do we deal with this very personal an internal question and quest for some kind of logic, some kind of reality check. So I want to share with you personally how I dealt with the last 10 days of insurmountable amount of suffering, pain, in a very difficult situation. And I came out of it yesterday to be able to share with you today some thoughts and some insights and perhaps some inspiration so that you too can relate and perhaps help you in the perspective to help us understand life through the lens of Torah, through the lens of mysticism, Kabbalah, and through the lens of a person who has suffered a lot, but yet still has faith, courage, and the ability to sit here today and to make this recording. I remember as a young child, 
my dear father, blessed memory, sat with me and taught me a verse from Kabbalah, from mysticism. And it's quoted from the Bible, from the Torah, with the words in the book of Deuteronomy. It says that God will test you to see your commitment. Now, the word test is in Hebrew called nisayon. The way the Hebrew word nisayon is spelt, the very first two letters is nes. It's a letter N and a letter S. Nes. Nun samach. Nun samach, nes, the root of the word of test is also the word that is loosely used at times that represents a flag. We know when a flag is visible, it's only when it's raised up high. That's when you know that there's a flag flying high. When something bad happens to us, when we are going through a very difficult time, we need to understand that this moment may actually be a test from God. A test to see how are you going to weather through these moments. How are you going to keep your attitude? How are you going to maintain your faith and your commitment to God, yourself, your family? Are you going to stand tall? Are you going to fall apart? It's a test, perhaps. When you prevail and you succeed, that you make it through the storm, then you are going to be rising up like a flag. The test is not a test to take you down, but rather to lift you up. Life is indeed a journey, a journey that at times could be a very smooth journey, but at times you're going to run into potholes, you're going to fall off cliffs, you're going to climb mountains, you're going to go to peaks and valleys. But this is life. This is the journey of life. No one has a straight highway of no bumps, no stop signs, no red lights, no curves, no turns, no, no cliffhangers. We all have a journey to go. But when our journey gets tough, that becomes our test. That becomes our moment to be able to survive the test and then rise higher and grow from it and grow taller because God will not forsake you. Yes, God is testing you. God is putting you through a very difficult time, but he is not abandoning you. So the question is, why do bad things happen to good people? Do we really know the true definition of bad, B-A-D? That's a very, very powerful word. Are we as humans capable to know what bad actually is? Yes, painful, difficult, and very complicated very constraining, um, re restrictive, painful things happen to us. 
but can we truly categorize that with the word bad? Bad is a very, very powerful word. There are times that things happen to us, very difficult things, but at the end, we actually grew from it and got stronger from it. Do we still call them bad? Yet there are events in life that unequivocally will always be bad, as bad as we could define bad. But only a few things qualify for that. But everything else, can we actually call them bad? Are we capable? Are we in the know how to define what is considered bad or not? Let me share with you a... Um, a question, one of the most difficult questions of our generations, the last couple of generations, was about the Holocaust. How do we explain the Holocaust away? Now, you're talking about bad? That is bad. It doesn't get any worse. It doesn't get any worse bad than bad can be than the Holocaust. Besides the six million Jews that were slaughtered, besides the hundreds and thousands of little children, and, and the millions of others that were slaughtered and killed senselessly for no reason just because of their existing. That is bad. Doesn't get any darker, doesn't get any bad than that. How do we explain that away? How can we, with our own limited mind and uh, comprehension, kind of make sense of any of it? And the question gets a little stronger. We know that God Almighty in heaven is a kind God, a loving God, a God is giving life, God who gives so much. The world that we have today is a gift from God to all of us. Each one of us who were born, we were born because God gave of himself a soul from so high up into a physical body in such a low world for us to be here. Anything we have is from God. So how does God sit in heaven and watch and allow such terrible events, such bad events to happen, such as the Holocaust? So this question was posed to the grand world Jewish leader, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, known as the Rebbe, in the early 60s. And um, he, he was dealing with trying to heal a nation that was so decimated and so broken up from the terrible um, just the fallout from the Holocaust. Those who survived, survived so broken and so broken apart, the faith was shattered. And, and the question was, Rebbe, how does God allow this to happen? So the only way the Rebbe was able to, at the time, explain the one who's asking the question, is to put it in a parable. In some way for our limited logic to comprehend what exactly happened. So the Rebbe used a parable as, um, gave the example, someone who grew up in a very uncivilized jungle was very uh, distant from civilization, has never really encountered civilization, um, shows up randomly at a civilized city 
He's never been to a city before. He enters the city. He looks and he sees a building, which is a hospital. Never seen a hospital before. He walks into the building, looks around. He peeks through the room, which is an operating room. And he sees how the surgeon is amputating the person's leg. This ignoramus from the jungle bursts into the operating room, grabs the saw away from the surgeon and starts shouting at the surgeon, how dare you cut off this person's leg? You murderer, you sadist, how can you do this? You murderer, you sadist, how can you amputate this person's leg? And the surgeon and the surgical team looks at him and, and, and says, what do you mean? This person has gangrene. He says, what's gangrene? Never heard of it. All I know is you're cutting off his leg. The surgeon says, gangrene is a, is a poison that's invading his body. If we don't amputate his leg, he's going to die. He says, what are you talking about? How could he die? It's his leg. He's not going to have to walk anymore. Realizing that the disparity between an uncivilized individual from the jungle to the master surgeon is so far apart that there's absolutely no way that this ignoramus could grasp anything that the master surgeon is doing. So the Rebbe explains, we are very similar in the spiritual realm, in the godly realm, for us to try to understand God, as is the disparity between a jungleman and a master surgeon. We're human beings who are very finite with our level of intellect and depth of understanding of life. There's, we know so little we're only capable of knowing so little. Some of us has been able to learn more. Some of us are unable to reach very far, trying to understand creations, trying to understand godliness. God, on the other side, is omnipotent, is boundless, was, is, and will be. We cannot take infinite and try to take something as finite as us to try to have some parallel of understanding. We're in different worlds. The world of finite is limited. The world of infinite is unlimited. Two different worlds. So how can we even consider to try to understand God's ways? Now that being said, it's not an answer, why do bad things happen to good people? But what it does help us understand, that there is a God, there is the omnipotent, there is the infinite God who's loving, caring, and for whatever reason, for whatever reason God, as the expression is with his infinite reason, has us going through what we have to go through. And not necessarily because it's painful and it's sad, is it necessarily bad. 
I have spent the last 10 days in agonizing, difficult situation every minute of the day without seeing any salvation out of it. Was it bad? It was painful, it was sad. And then all of a sudden, in a very instant, the situation changed dramatically. It changed dramatically that I was no longer suffering the way I was. Just to share you a cute anecdote, it was actually last Friday morning, I get an email from my daughter who knew that I was going through a very difficult time, very, very difficult time. She went into labor and she wrote me in the email and says, Daddy, I'm heading to the hospital. I'm in labor to give birth to a child. I have learned that when a woman is in labor, about to give birth, going through those painful contractions, it is the most opportune moment to pray to God. Because God is listening to the pain that a woman is having with birth pangs, about to give birth to life. God listens to a woman's prayers during labor more than any other prayers that are out there. In her email, she writes, she says, Daddy, I want you to know that I'm going to the hospital now. In my pains of birth pangs of labor, I am going to pray to God that He brings you relief from what you're going through. And sure enough, a few hours later, my situation changed dramatically. And I thought about that email that my daughter wrote so pure wholeheartedly. She prayed to God with such a pure heart, a woman about to bring life into this world, a woman who's going to complete this world by connecting a body and a soul together. God listened to her prayer and got me the relief that I needed. Do not underestimate your power of prayer to be able to change your situation from terrible to amazing. At the end of the day, we all in life have a journey. The journey is a mystery to all of us. But when we wake up in the morning, we have no idea what the day is going to be like. At the end of the day, we are grateful how, how we made it through the day. But yet, when we are faced with a difficult time, when we're faced with pain and suffering, and whether it's an illness, whether it's a situation that doesn't seem attainable, pray to God. Talk to God. God will listen to you. There was once a congregation who approached the rabbi and says, Rabbi, we just cannot take it any longer. We are suffering way too much. We have so many problems, so much pain and suffering. We just can't handle it. Why is God giving us such hard burdens? We cannot bear them anymore. Rabbi, please pray to God to take these hardships away from us. These are The challenges are too hard for us. We just can't handle it. So the rabbi heard enough and says, you know, I, I have perhaps an answer for all of you. 
He called for a community meeting. Everyone came into the community room. And the rabbi gets up and explains, says, listen, this is life. No one has a contract with God that life is going to be super easy. We all are going to be facing difficult times somehow, one way or another. No one has it just easy, just not the way life was designed to be. As human beings, we're going to go through a journey of life. Some are going to have it good. Some are going to have it bad. Some are going to have it ugly. But we're going to make it through life. And the challenges that we have are challenges that we are going to learn how to deal with them. But Rabbi, I cannot handle this challenge that God gives me. I cannot. So the Rabbi explains to them, I have a solution. He passes around pencils and papers to everybody who's gathered there. And he says, I want you right now to write down on this piece of paper what are your challenges today? What are the challenges that you were dealing with? And everyone wrote down. He says, don't put your name down. Just write down what are your challenges. Everyone wrote down the challenges. And then they passed the papers up to the rabbi. The rabbi lied out the papers on the table. And he says, you know, no one is going to get out of life without a challenge. We're all going to have challenges. Now I'm going to give you guys a choice to pick what you want your challenges to be. So I want you all to go up to the table and read through the challenges that are on the table. And I want you to pick out what challenge would you prefer to have to deal with. The members lined up in a queue and each one went to take a challenge that they felt that they could handle. As they read and perused through all the challenges that others wrote down, they say, oh my God, is that what? No, I can't deal with that. I can't deal with, I can't deal with that. Until they found their own challenge. Says, you know what? I can handle this one. At the end of the evening, everyone ended up picking the challenge that they actually wrote down. This anecdote, this parable, is, is a quiet telling of life. The reality is, we are God's children. God is not going to give us something that we cannot handle. The challenges that we are faced with are challenges that we are equipped to deal with. God has given us the ability to deal with it. Sometimes we have to dig deep down to find that ability, but it is there. There is a verse in the Kabbalah that says that God does not burden a person with what they cannot handle. And I believe in that firmly. I believe in that because I have lived it, I have witnessed it, and I continuously appreciate the fact that God is a kind God, a loving God. But we are so limited with our apprehension, a comprehension of what God has in mind, that it's no point of us trying to figure it out. Rather, by accepting it and growing from it and 
building from it and realizing that the challenges that God divvies out to us, it's a challenge that you could make a choice. Is this challenge going to bury you or is this challenge going to lift you up? Is this test going to be a test that's going to rise you up like a flying flag? Or is this a test that's going to bury you? I want to share with you a parable which would truly personify this concept. There was a donkey who fell into the deep well at the village. It was so deep that there's no way for the donkey to be rescued. The villagers gathered around the well and they looked down and they saw the donkey struggling and they realized that the donkey is not going to make it out of the well. It's just not going to happen. So the villagers decided, why should the donkey suffer? Let's take the donkey out of his misery. It was rather a dry well. There's no water on the bottom. It was just an empty dry well. Let's bury him right there. They gathered together wheelbarrows of sand and they took the shovels and they started to send the dirt down on the donkey to bury him, to take him out of his misery. As the shovels start to shed the dirt on the donkey, the donkey looked up and realized what's happening. Here the villages are dumping dirt on him to bury him. The donkey realizes that his end is near. He had a decision to make. Will I surrender to be buried? Or can I be committed to being rescued? As they were shoveling the dirt down on the donkey to bury him, the donkey decided every shovel of dirt that's coming at him He's just going to shake it off to under his legs. As the dirt came down to bury him, he was using that same dirt to become a platform to rise him up. So much dirt was thrown at him, but the dirt that was thrown at him did not bury him, but it lifted him up. And eventually, he was able to climb out of the well with all the dirt that was thrown at him. That dirt that was designed to bury him actually lifted him up. This is such a beautiful parable. Yes, in life, we can deal with when dirt is being thrown at us right and left. 
sometimes from people, sometimes from heaven, sometimes from family members, sometimes from people who are nearest and dearest to us, seem to be throwing dirt all over us. Will you allow yourself to be buried? Or will you allow it to lift you up? So ultimately, the answer to the question, why does bad things happen to good people? is a question that we'll continuously ask. But during the time period that we ask the question, we're not going to let it bury us. The question will be asked, but we're also going to realize that there is a God in heaven who loves us, who created us, who cares for us, who sustains us. This loving and caring God suffers with us when we suffer. When I went through the last two days, the most excruciating, painful experience, I knew God was with me. I knew God was suffering with me. But He was waiting for me to talk to Him. He was waiting for me to connect with Him, to partner with Him. Once I knew that I was partnering with God, I knew that at any moment, things will change, which they indeed did. So for all of us who have gone through very difficult times in life, for all of us who felt that bad things have happened to us because we are all good people in essence, we have made mistakes, we have fallen, we have tripped, we have gotten up, we have asked God for forgiveness, we have confessed, we have prayed, and we have made resolve to continue on doing good, good for the world, good for ourselves. God will lighten your burden and God will lift you up so that you have passed your test so beautifully that God will no longer have to test us, but grant us all that we need in the greatest of ways so that good things can happen to good people as well. May God bless you. God loves you.